Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art, where we bring you a new story about your world in every episode. Today's guest is Ben Garcia, the Executive Director of the American LGBTQ Plus Museum. This historic national gallery will open its doors in just a few years. We'll talk about the preparation, fundraising, and collections that will make this important cultural milestone a reality. Thank you for following the Jesse Garcia Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Who's ready for a history lesson? Did you know that before Harvey Milk won his city board supervisor's race as an openly gay man in 1977, Colombian-American Jose Julio Saria ran for that same position 16 years earlier and became the first openly gay individual to run for office in the United States. Or when the 1950s gay rights movement, the Mattachine Society, decided to go public, they selected Cuban-American Tony Segura to appear on live television to promote gay rights during a 1956 broadcast. Or were you one of the lucky ones, like I was, to see the first American gay wedding televised? It was the ceremony of Cuban-American Pedro Zamora and his partner Sean Sasser for season three of The Real World on MTV in 1994, years before gay marriage was legal. Yes, that's a lot of history. Queer brown history that most of you listening to this podcast never knew about because American schools don't teach. LGBTQ history, or Latino history for that matter. We rely on elders to share those stories that the media and history books often ignore. Thankfully, most of us know about our patron saint, Sylvia Rivera at Stonewall, and our beloved Ricky Martin becoming a global superstar and philanthropist. But there are so many other stories that we need to honor. Soon, a national museum of LGBTQ plus history will open its doors in New York City and open its collections virtually online for everyone to learn more about our story. One day, a young queer brown kid won't have to rely on edited school history books that block the history and cultural contributions made by LGBTQ plus Americans. Our stories will soon be on display thanks to an openly gay Latino who will lead this effort to make sure that this museum is inclusive of every community that the LGBTQ plus tribe is made of. I'm proud to have him on the show today, Mr. Ben Garcia. Listen closely how you can help him make this a reality. On the show today, we have Mr. Ben Garcia, the inaugural executive director of the recently launched American LGBTQ plus museum which aims to open its doors in the coming years. Ben is traveling across the United States, getting the community ready for a most historic event that will showcase a piece of America that rarely makes it to the history books, the LGBTQ plus experience. Welcome, Ben. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. It's so great to be here. Thank you. And I want folks to get to know, I mean, when they took you on as an executive director, they weren't just hiring someone. You know, just like that looks good in a suit because you look very sharp in a suit. No, <laughs> you come with a lot of experience. Uh, I've worked in museums for the past 22 years. 
I've worked at every level of the museum. I started as a part-time gallery educator and moved into different roles in education departments, exhibitions, and then uh, ultimately administration. I've worked in museums in California, in Ohio, and now I'm in New York. Um, and I've worked in art museums, history museums, and anthropology museums. And so all of those disciplines come together in this new uh, American History Museum, the American LGBTQ Plus Museum. So when, when you started off in museums, did you have to actually give like guided tours and explain the artwork that people were seeing, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what my job was, giving guided tours to school kids, to just groups of visitors. I was working at a museum in LA called the Getty, and it had a lot of visitors and was a really beautiful museum and a fun place to, to take people around. So it was a great experience in terms of telling stories. What I realized pretty quickly was what I really was interested in, in terms of art, were the time periods when they were created, what was going on uh, historically, culturally in those places where those artists were creating these works. And so that's why I ended up moving over into history museums because I realized it was in fact history that was what was most engaging for me, um, even more so than the artworks themselves. So what drew you to the American LGBTQ plus museum? It's this incredible opportunity, Jesse. You know, when I was 14, I went, I lived outside of New York City with my family and we were a big, chaotic, loud Latino family. Like, yeah. you know, no privacy, no place, <laughs> you know, lots of opinions. And so I would go out, you know, as most closeted kids, I'd go out and do things on my own. Um, and I came, I remember coming into New York for the first time on my own when I was 14. And I went to a museum that my mom recommended. She was getting her undergraduate degree in art history. And she told me about this place. And it was this mansion on Fifth Avenue, the Frick. And I went in there and it was, I just remember feeling so grown up. I saw this painting of this young Italian nobleman by this artist Bronzino. And I just sort of fell in love with the, the subject. And I was walking back and forth and trying not to let on that I was like really attracted to this painting. <laughs> um, but I felt, you know, I just had this moment where I could imagine what my life might look like as an out adult. Um, and somehow that museum was a place where I was able to feel comfortable, feel like I'd found my people. Okay. Um, and so now as an adult, I get to be part of starting a museum for scratch in New York City um, and a place that hopefully other young people in future generations will be able to come to and have that experience of belonging and finding this sort of magical world of a museum, but one that this time really embraces who they are. They don't have to be embarrassed about being attracted to someone of their same sex or um, uh, you know, or finding that expression of their gender in their place that'll be all around them. I hope to to walk into those doors and get moved, like you just said. Like right now, when I when I'm on Facebook or Instagram and I come across a story of old photos of LGBT couples, boy, do I love seeing those images from the past because you could just imagine how these images were secret, they weren't shared. And somehow some relative decided, you know, it's time to sh share these, you know, from my, my aunt or my uncle. 
of the people that they loved and these, you know, cause you know how we are going to leave stuff behind. They're going to find it, you know, after we pass on and I just get fascinated by these old photos and I'm hoping they're real. They're actual authentics. Cause I get to see that we have existed throughout the millennia, you know, and there was images of people that are embracing each other and are in love and they were able to get capture that in film. So I'm excited. When is this museum going to open and where exactly in New York City is it going to be located? It's going to open in 2026. And we have a wonderful partner in the New York Historical Society. The New York Historical Society is an American history museum on Central Park West and between 76th Street and 77th. They're New York State's first museum. They opened in 1803. And so in 2026, New York's first museum will become the home to New York's newest museum. And um, this time a history museum focused, like you said, on our histories, which are so precious because, you know, what you were citing, these photographs, in so many instances, people destroyed all the evidence of their queerness before they died um, or, ha or had their lover promise that they would destroy all their letters and all their photographs or their family destroyed them because they were embarrassed that they had uh, a queer family member. And so those photographs, any evidence of sort of queer lives from earlier times are so precious. And I am so excited that we get to store them um, and present them at, at the New York Historical Society. It's going to be great. I'm literally crying right now, what you just said, how people, before they leave this planet, take whatever they can with them and destroy any history they had. Yeah. The shame, embarrassment. Yeah. It's just really sad that we lost all of that. We lost mm -hmm. all of that. What are some of the collections people can look forward to when it opens? Have you already got some things in mind for the grand opening? We are talking to, a, you know, one of the wonderful things is once we announce the museum, we've had so many people come forward asking whether we'd be interested in their collections. A lot of the collections document the LGBTQ rights movement from the you know 50s or 60s to today. Mm -hmm. But we also have um, wonderful artifacts and, uh, you know, artworks and letters that are being offered to us from people um, who had uh, queer relatives who found some of those things when, when their relative died and didn't throw them away and save them. So we're really excited to work with the donations that are offered to us, but also to work with, there are more than 200 LGBTQ archives around the country today. And they all have incredible collections all over the country. And so we're very excited to work with them to borrow items from all over the country so that we can tell a full American story in New York, not just a New York one. Thank you so much. Because man, uh, our community really landed nicely by having the very first executive director of the museum be a Latino. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that having you in that position, we'll be able to hear about Sylvia Rivera, Pedro Zamora, Gloria Anzaldúa, Jose Saria, and many more community queer Latino trailblazers who are missing from our history books. Will the museum ensure equitable, equitable presentation of communities in its display? One of the things that I'm most excited about with this museum 
is the commitment that our board of directors has to centering racial, gender, and disability justice in this museum and in the stories that we tell. Our board founded uh, itself in 2017, a group of longtime activists, um, and it includes people you know, who were instrumental in the formation of Yego and other queer Lat uh, Latina organizations, uh, Leti Gomez, you know, among others. The amazing Leti Gomez. Yeah, the amazing Leti Gomez. Been on this Gomez. podcast and yeah. who's been like a mentor to me. So I'm so happy yeah. to hear that. Yeah, she's wonderful. And, you know, she and the other board members, before I started, they made sure they created a board that was majority people of color, a board that represented the full spectrum of gender identity and expression so that people would be around the table who had lived those experiences. And so for us, it's incredibly important that this be a museum that shows the full breadth of our communities, that addresses some of the structural racism and sexism of the LGBTQ movement historically, um, and that we're a museum that's part of the movement modeling what a really intersectional queer space looks like. How much money do you have to raise to open this museum? How much you got? <laughs> <laughs> I've already donated. <laughs> Thank you for that. I really appreciate How that. much do you yeah. need to open those doors? On <laughs> yes. So we are trying to raise, so our goal is we have three parts of the museum. We have our home base there in New York City. We'll have a core exhibition there. It's going to be a beautiful space, a space to really mem remember and commemorate our ancestors. Um, we are also going to create, equally importantly, a set of traveling exhibitions that are on topics of national interest that will go around to history museums all over the country. Because as you know, it's important to have a place in New York or in DC where people can fly and see it when they come on vacation or locals can come see it. But more important in some ways is that young people in San Antonio, young people in Jackson, Mississippi, in Kansas City, Missouri, can go to their local history museum and see something about their LGBTQ history. Um, and so for us, that's really important. That's the second part. The third part is, of course, a virtual museum so that anyone, if you can't make it to a museum, if you can't make it to something physical, you'll be able to engage with our history through an online museum. And that's gonna be so important for families and for young people, especially in states where teachers are now forbidden from teaching them their history, we'll have a resource for them. So to put all of that together over the next three years, um, we're trying to raise uh, $27 million. And so it's a big lift, but we already have the building. So that's taken care of, uh, we did a, a campaign with the New York Historical Society, Society to raise the money for the building. And so now this is really about everything that fills that building and everything that shows up in museums around the country and online. What is the best way people can donate money? If people go to our website, uh, which is AmericanLGBTQMuseum.org, they will see information about the museum. They'll also see how they can join as a founding member or a founding donor. So we're about to launch our, our membership program in June for Pride. And anyone who makes a donation of any size before we open our doors in 2026 will see their names 
in our donor area of the museum in New York. So we want to be really inclusive also because some people, if they give $10, that's a big deal. If they give $5 a month for a year, that's a huge deal for them. Deal. For some people, $100 or a thousand or half a million is a big deal. But we want to show that every gift is meaningful to us for people who believed in us before we opened. And so um, I encourage people to make a donation and then come to New York and see their name on our donor wall. Awesome. So a lot of LGBTQ plus elders, like you mentioned, have collected amazing things over the years. How can they find out if their items are eligible to be part of the collection of your museum? Yeah, anyone who has items that are meaningful, that tell a story. It doesn't have to be about a famous individual or about a famous event. The most important thing that we all can do as queer people is to come out to those people in our circles. The, the more we're known, the more people know about us, the more protected that we'll be in society. And so the stories of people who just came out, maybe they weren't great figures in queer history in terms of those that we hold up and know like Sylvia and others, but that is the most important thing that all of us can do and can continue doing. And so anyone who has anything that shows, that documents their lives, um, that tells part of the enormous story of American queer history and Latina queer history um, should just reach out to the same website, send us an email. There's an info at AmericanLGBTQMuseum.org and let us know what you have. We are going to be collecting in support of our core exhibitions, but when things don't fit for that core exhibition, we are also gonna be helping donors find the right archive or the right museum for their collections. Um, so that's our commitment. We may not be able to collect everything ourselves, but we'll help you find a place that's the right place for your collections. Yes, because you had mentioned that you're already in touch with like over, would you say 200 um, or, uh, organizations that have been archiving. There's one in DC that I work with, the Latino History Project, the Latinx History Project, sorry. And they've been archiving stuff since the 80s and it's just great to know that you're going to not only be able to collect items in new york city but also work with the local organizations so they could connect these people to them that way those things don't end up being thrown away when that person passes on they can live on in our history with these archives and our museum I want to thank you so much, Ben, for um, spending time with us to tell us about this great news. This is something that we've been waiting for, and it's finally happening in 2026. Where can can you tell us the website and social media where we can find you? Yes, absolutely. So our website is AmericanLGBTQMuseum.org. Our social handles are LGBTQ underscore museum. So if you go to at that um, on any of the platforms, you'll find us, LGBTQ underscore museum. Thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate all the hard work and congratulations on your position. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. I really appreciate you having me. Take care. Thank you.